good evening, everyone. Welcome to Book Record Beer Season 4, Episode also four. <laughs> we are, we are, uh, we are here, and I I could not be more pumped for this one. We're doing some different things this time around in terms of content, and I am extremely excited uh, to talk with you, gentlemen, my good friends. As always, I am joined by one Nick Gregorio. Hi, everybody. Wonderful to be back, Nick. Thank you for having me. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good cadence on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Daniel DeFranco. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, gents. Uh, so we are doing what I'd um, I'd probably call the lies like truth cast, something like that. I, I think it's like one of those things that these particular artists combined really do make you consider truth in a really big way. That's what I felt like. And so I don't mean to put it on some kind of pedestal. Uh, and by making sure I don't do that, I also, uh, I also am going to introduce us as different malt liquors. <laughs> what malt liquor would you be? And you wonder, you may be asking yourself, why on earth would you be introducing these gentlemen as malt liquors? This sounded like a sherry type of uh, a cast. I'm like confused what we're even talking about today. <laughs> what are our two things? So our things. That are, are lies things. like truths. Yeah. We are reading our first memoir. This is The uh, Narrow Door by Paul Lasicki. And we are listening to the self-titled album from Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith. Um technically his second his second album uh and our beer was uh, going to be i wanted it to be saint ides malt liquor because there is a song saint ides heaven on elliot smith's album uh and there's some other reasons for that but um unfortunately up. you can't find it fucking anywhere man <laughs> i was i was looking everywhere i mean short of really like actually like going to 69th street and putting my life in danger or something <laughs> like i didn't uh, I did my due diligence, and so we walked away with Old E, which, you know, it's one of those things. Hey, man, Old E is cool. So it goes, <laughs> man. So it goes. That's the ad. So, um, so here we go. Uh, if, if I were to introduce you, you fellas, as, um, as malt liquor, Nick Gregorio, I'd introduce you as Mickey's. Ooh. Here's why. Uh, one, it's my favorite. I <laughs> 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 just get yeah, I just get yeah, I just get yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, it is my favorite, but it is one that I get just entranced by the label. You're drawn in by the label and it comes in all these different sizes. You'll get your classic 40, but then you get the grenades as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Mickey's, uh, is versatile, uh, in that way. And so that's why I think it's you. And at the same time, it'll get you drunk. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Daniel, you, you are of course, uh, Cole 45 because, um, it's, it's exactly, exactly what you need. Usually most times Cole 45 comes in a six pack and who wouldn't want to hang out with Billy D Williams. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think about what he said in the commercials. What was his, what was I the Cole 45 tagline? No, oh, no. I forget it. I forget it. But that, that was, uh, that probably was probably mispronounced Han wrong that I, I would, I would drink. Uh, all the time, if there wasn't a Mickey's, I actually thought Mickey's was a little 
a little too classy for me. <laughs> uh, Nick, if you were a malt liquor, and um, I don't know any of these, because I'm not a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey. Um, let me go through this list. Uh, you would be... He Googled malt liquor. I did. <laughs> <laughs> the first hit is not what you'd think it'd be. Uh, that's it. Uh, you would be a natty daddy. Oh, they had those. Ooh. That's like new. Yes. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I cannot believe that well, natty somehow lowered the bar <laughs> and is now making. Well, they'd already liquor. done it once. They'd done the natty ice, and then they were right. one more rung down. Remember ices? Were they yeah. all malt liquors? Ices? I think. Yeah. They, yeah. Like the Red yeah. Dog and Horrific. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Horrific. Yeah, that was rough. Oh, that God. was just bud a, ice, labat ice. Talk about the bud mud. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no. So you're Natty Daddy because you are a father. Makes sense. But also, when I, I, I like to think of you as a daddy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I also you know what I'm I saying? recently learned that uh, term, and I thank you. Sir. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I thank you, sir. Oh, <laughs> man, this is weird. <laughs> I bought a hat that says daddy on it, and my sister was like, oh, dude. And then uh, my buddy Tom also said pretty much the same thing, but more in Daniel's inflection. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> Why are you that? saying it like that? Elaborate, good buddy. <laughs> um, so let's get into the book. Paul Lasicki is a um, is uh, uh, mostly uh, a writer of memoir. He does have um, a novel and, and and he writes fiction. He's been published all over the place. He's a student of the Iowa Workshop. So any writers out there, that's a pretty prestigious, if not the most prestigious, would we say in America, um, writers yeah. workshop. I would yeah, probably yeah yeah. In any case, um, this book is really fascinating in how it. Is, is a memoir, which my definition is a, a story from a life rather than a story of a life, right? Difference between memoir and autobiography. Would we agree to that definition? I'd say that's Working strong. definition for now. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and so this is longer than a single story, but I think at its core it really is a single story um, uh, of, of, of friendship and loss. Um, and so what we do is we get this awesome sort of jumping um, through time uh, with with Paul in his life, starting, you know, um, back in the 80s when, when he's a student uh, and first meeting the um, the friend uh, who he's, you know, sort of like walking through life with Denise and and it goes back and forth uh, all the way up until, you know, 2010 and beyond and, and, and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, and so there's a lot in this book, um, quite a bit. And I. I f- have a, a really deep connection with this book for a number of reasons, but I was wondering, A, do you guys read memoir frequently at all uh, or, or at all? And B, my, my big first question is, um, uh, what is this book about? <laughs> I'm going to kick that over to Nick Gregorio. <laughs> Who so looked like he was about to seize so <laughs> when okay, I asked so that question. I, I have a Stalled sort of long, <laughs> long answer. And He's a I normally am the guy who likes everything, apparently, which is not like true. But I, get, I do like a lot. I like liking stuff. And I know you're very excited. And I hate it when you're excited. And I have a thing that goes against that. Um, fine because but i 
I do. I've read a lot of memoir recently, um, nice. more so than ever before. And well, we've talked about your uh, your love of. Um, I loved you more, correct? Yeah, which was, I mean, it's it's labeled a novel, but essentially it, it was a, a, a novel slash memoir, I suppose. But like, uh, I read um, "Long Live the Tribe of Fatherless Girls" mm, by yeah, T. Yeah. Kira Madden, that I thought was fantastic. Um, the Butterfly Mosque by G. Willow Wilson, "Sirens" by Joshua Moore. Like these are these are books that I just really fell in love with. They brought me in and like inspired me to want to write memoir, but I don't think I have the guts to do that. Sure. Um, that's what this did yeah for sure um this one um I, I i can't tell you what it was about because um i found it to be overly melodramatic overwritten sometimes cloying and every time i bought it picked it up to read it i fell asleep no shit yeah I, I could not find my way in well you can find um, your way out of this cast you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> um doors I, upstairs <laughs> we'll take it from here well look uh, look here's what i can say that is positive um the the writing is sound it it is clearly uh, a well-written book albeit not to my taste in terms of i just i didn't get any sense of humor that i think was supposed to be there um i did not i i, I typically love non-linear narratives i was just confused and and the the, the like the the imploding building section like i was like i don't know what the point of that was um I, I'm. I wanted to like it. I sure. love books about friendship and loss. They're the they're the they're mainstays in life. They're wonderful things. Absolutely, my lord. Uh, I I can't do it. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so so you so you couldn't say what what on earth it's it's about. No, I I honestly I would sit and I would read and I would be confused. Gotcha. I would I would be confused because I the none of the threads were 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 linking up for me. It just it just felt like a bunch of vignettes that were loosely related, but also it pretty detailed related. Yeah, and I it mean, just like couldn't I couldn't do it. I feel like the the cover art really speaks to like how the books meant mm. to be sort of accessed. You know, like these uh, patchwork. Yeah, pieces yeah. of pizza, pieces of paper that are just like woven under and above or through one another. Yeah, um, and th that's that's. I hadn't sort of actually how even I thought about that. That's cool. And uh, frankly, the uh, the uh, I bought this book. Um, he did a reading at Arcadia, and I I bought this book then, and uh, it was I think the second book of his that I read. But he was talking about how the process went back and forth with the publisher and himself. Um, with this particular text because there was so 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 much and the way he was writing it was in this completely like you said non-linear way um and it was just he it was the way his brain worked like this is the way the stories fit um for him and how they touched um and so it's interesting because i um bought uh or we bought uh, Gabriel this 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 puzzle that's like these cows that are all odd shapes and you can stack them on their heads and you can stack them all <laughs> over one another. But you can make this very sort of like defying all laws of physics thing from yeah. it. And that's how I felt reading this is like these these things that that fit together and and sometimes it's it's merely a a word or two that are tethering them to the next thing, but they they do they do fit um, for me. And 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 I I think honestly like I remember sitting in that reading and and thinking, 
this is the most validated I've felt as as like a person dare I say like artist like the way my mind works is exactly what you're saying right now and I'm 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 I could not be more like attuned to exactly what you're trying to express and all these things that you're putting down and so that that was the thing that I think really drew me to it was like oh shit like this is doing the thing that writing should be doing for me again um is, is is sort of making me feel like I'm not alone in this in this in this process mm-hmm. that 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 is my mind and like why oftentimes I'll be met with sort of the reaction that you just gave to this book like this is this is confusing I don't fucking get it I don't know why and to me it's 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 been like poured over and it, it makes such perfect sense yeah um but but there's all these touchstones that perhaps are are not quite there yeah or something like well that. look I I mean we have to always talk about you know, the point in time in which you're reading a book, you know what I mean? Like by all intents and purposes, this should be a book that I dig. But right. Yeah. In, in the reading, I of thought it, it might be, but yeah, in the reading of it, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of change happening, uh, change brings, uh, exhaustion, you sure. know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, and th- yeah. this isn't, this isn't like a, an easy read. No, it's not. Um, by any stretch, I don't think, but Daniel, I would love to hear what you think. So I haven't really read a ton of memoir. Um, I guess some of the classic ones, like A Movable Feast. Um, it. Uh, I read Roxanne Gay's Hunger. Just Kids. Say what? Just Kids. Patty oh. Smith. Oh, is that a novel? Memoir? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I Fantastic. never read that. Oh, it's great. Okay. Um, so <laughs> my, uh, I guess, relationship to memoir is not, um, I guess, very lengthy or mm-hmm. deep. Uh, Buck, we did a cast on that. Right, correct. Our second or third cast. So I'm always a little hesitant when I read memoirs because I know most people are really boring. So I'm always <laughs> like, what makes you so, sp- like, uh, what's the word? On a high horse or whatever. Like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Entitled? Entitled. There we go. Uh Listeners, it is Monday evening. <laughs> uh, well, I guess come back trying to like what you're trying to ask, like what gives you the right? Yeah. 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 Why is your life more important than mine? I've got to sit here and listen to your shit. Yeah. Um, and well, you don't have to. And yeah. you don't have to. Uh, so that's just kind of my general um, approach to to memoir. It's probably why I avoid them. I don't really feel. I never feel inspired to want to read one when approaching this book. Uh, I wanted to come to it with an open mind, and um, I think that maybe because I'm a little bit older than you, Nick Gorio, and uh, I'm in a place, uh, dare I say, of elevated wisdom and, <laughs> <laughs> and maturity. So when people say, dare I say, it's like just a, a fraction uh, of pretension. That was, that was crazy. That smacks of it. <laughs> It's, it's dripping down my eyes. You can taste it. Yeah. It's like in the air. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally drinking malt liquor, and it changes my <laughs> taste buds. <laughs> I really appreciated what Paul Lissicky, is that what he his name, Lissicky? Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate what he was doing here. Um, I, I was of your mind at first. I'm like, oh, all this bouncing around. What's the thread? Uh, and I think I can still argue that the Joni Mitchell stuff, I'm like, Why? I didn't really uh, yeah. see how that at first I was like, ooh, was was Denise 
was was she Joni Mitchell? It's like, is there, am I learning something that I didn't know before? Oh, that'd be fucking um, crazy. But it was not. It's like Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell Ter- 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 are, are, yeah. are in there too. Like there, there is a number. Like Bjork gets mentioned a few yeah. times. There, there are a number of mentions. I had a, a sense, and I, I'm not to mean to cut, cut you off, but I had a sense that that there was a, a deeper connection with Joni and and Denise that isn't being really uh, explored as much, or perhaps that was something that was cut, you know. But it's a memoir, so why is he writing from kind of third person, limited view from Joni Mitchell's? Right, like, I was right, like, right, right, what? yeah. What's happening here? In her background. Um, but once I kind of got over that, um, life is not linear right. and, and memory is not linear. I've been really uh, messing around with it, messing around with the fuck. I've been <laughs> exploring. It's Monday night. Jesus, right? it is Monday. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a long weekend. I feel like oh, I got one of those migraines just hovering <laughs> just under the surface. Yeah, you it's know, waiting for you to just yeah. be weak. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just gonna. Uh, um, so where was I? Uh, Couldn't tell you. Been, <laughs> I get the I get the sense that you were about to say something like you have been thinking about memory. Yes, or, uh, something to that effect. Taking stock of your own own life, and when you piece things together it is it's like the cover you said it it's it's it is this patchwork so once i kind of saw that by you know page 20 30 40 it's like okay this is what this book is and i kind of bought into it um i was on board uh i did read a lot of this in a night quill (laughs) daze a couple of weeks ago (laughs) Um, so I won't say that the interaction that, that the book put me asleep, but I was and Nyquil Days is a very interesting lull into uh, sleepdom. You're yeah, it's a mild trip. Yeah, it's very gentle. Yeah. And I was reading this and I felt very soothed and relaxed and it was almost uh, like an elephant of feathers on your chest. Yes. Was this Dumbo? I don't know. Trippy ass scene in that yeah. movie? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It it almost felt comforting and like have you ever like what, you were what, talking to a friend or something like that? Yeah. That well, headed, or, or what's that? What's the Kurt Cobain lyric? Uh, I miss the comfort in being sad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Know. And I was like, ooh, I, I got that from this. Like there was a comfort in sharing yeah. this sadness and this kind of looking back. Uh, it's it's melancholic for yeah. sure. Yeah, man. And I can see how Nick, you're like dramatic. Yes, at at times, but I kind of bought into it. Uh, Man, this fucker can really turn, turn a description on its on its head. Yeah, there was so many. I was copying down yeah. lines. Does and it? I, it just it just I I I got so many pages. I was like, I, there's no way I'm gonna fucking sift through all this. There was so many good ones. I know. You and know? a criticism it would be, and you'd probably agree, Gregorio, is that it borders, if not dips its toes into being purple prose. Yeah. For, but. Yeah. I th- think the theme and the. Um, a uh, relationship that he's exploring is done uh, there's such a there's such care yeah yeah and like honest reflection here and maybe because i've had some relationships or have experienced parts of relationships that he is uh reflecting on that it, that may be wrong a little more true and let us not forget from the uh the pedestal that i'm <laughs> I'm able to. I'm a, I'm afforded a greater expanse, right? Greater yeah, view. With all that wisdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those years. Yeah, man. Um. So, so that was the thing. Like, ultimately, 
a lot of the the reviews and a lot of the the blurbs and all this stuff is is really we're talking about um and and to cue the listener in um denise is a friend of his who who ends up uh suffering and then dying from cancer and 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 there's these bouts of these 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 lost years almost um and and at the very least months where they go from uh talking very frequently um and 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 almost being codependent to to then just being apart uh, for for significant periods of time and and yet they're they're still ultimately for sure undoubtedly best friends you know they are they are like in a relationship they love one another um and so it's very interesting because i was thinking and there's a line in here that made me think of it obviously but like and it's toward the end like is this an elegy you know like is this is this a, a, a remembrance sort of like poem because there's this this like real beauty to it i'd subscribe to that yeah and 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 so then the the question then becomes like what does he get from being the rememberer you know because that's something that that was pain s- said in there as well like what but really if you're a writer and this is this is a book for writers too there's so much writerly stuff in here you know and so like what if you're a writer you are the rememberer you're the one in your group of friends who remembers the things because you unconsciously are, are, are filing it away filing it away filing it away you know, and so like what if you if you are the writer or we want to call the writer, the rememberer, like what what's the point there? You know, because like this, this works just as well for him as it does perhaps for the reader. So I guess my bigger question is, where's the reader in all in all of this? And that was something that came to mind when I was like finishing it up, because I was like, I know for me where the reader is but that's me very specifically as as the reader but i'm also a writer and i'm also this and i'm also that and you know there was all these things and i'm wondering like oh is that the universal for memoir for, for this kind of thing like are, are, are we so i don't know what do you what do you think well i think it's the same rules as anything the reader is you meet the writer wherever you are yeah in your life if you read this in 10 years from now you're probably going to feel uh differently yeah but does th- but then i guess does with with yeah so i guess that's the thing like with fiction i guess with this too though right with fiction uh your you, the characters are, uh, remain the same you know they're always going to be that age they're always going to be doing those things and you'll learn more from them the more you read them and the more you go back and when you're in different stages of life for sure but they're always that like but this man we know is is growing old and we might know growing older rather and we might know more about him and we might know these different things because it's memoir as as life goes on and and we know he's we know in the back of our minds that he's aging i guess that he's he's growing old just as we're growing old yet fucking calvin and hobbs are the same age and always will be if you watch the uh sad calvin hobbs cartoon fuck dude i i I know but like for the purposes (laughs) of (laughs) not authorized monday night not authorized bill waterson we love you bill waterson we love you Bill Watterson, we love you. That's three one for each of us. Yep. Moving forward. Well, you know what? I, I <clears throat> I've been struggling with this whole concept of memory lately because <clears throat> I've become very a- aware of 
that I remember things much more vividly from when I was a teenager or a little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose because there was less amount of time between those big memories. And now I'm like, I, I, I remember last week I was, uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about or the, the context. But I said, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to forget this. Like, this is going to be gone. And that made me very, very sad. Yeah. Um, and now all I remember of it is me saying I'm going to forget it. Right. Because um, you made it yeah. stick right. by, by doing that. But I, that's all I remember from it. Right. And, and you were with friends and you were trying to keep that in yeah. mind because that was something that yeah, was Yeah, and you know, when, I'm, when I'm thinking these things, I'm reading this book. Right. It's a it's a memoir that I'm not particularly able to get into. That it is all about memory and the non-linear nature of man- memory and God, it, it's frightening. Y- yeah, I mean, I I think there there's a number of takeaways, and I, I guess we should just dive into because, like we were saying, for me, I I I kept writing down all these these really intense uh, sort of quotes and things that I was pulling from it. Um, and one of the one of the big things that stuck out to me is 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 the the time period because we get uh, dear listener we get all of these not only musical references throughout while he is in a very serious relationship right he gets married to this very famous poet um while he's also um in this really you know intense friendship with Denise but all the while, then we're getting these like glimpses into the natural disasters and sort of intensity of the world on fire that's mm-hmm. happening around him. And he like really believes that the world is on, on, on fire. And what are we doing when we're what, – what do we do when, when the apocalypse is happening? Do we just keep doing the normal dailies you know, and stuff like that? And, and he kind of seems like, yeah, we do because it's, it's better than – he, he you know, brings up that really – beautiful but like super intense image of the the farmer riding the tractor underneath the volcano erupting in iceland you know and this is flames and and just sheer like innards of the earth shooting out and he's just like doing his work underneath and 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 that was really i think like a very important image that that stuck with him and then he put in my head because i started thinking about like wow like we typically make these like like you just said nick these karens in our mind and our memory of this important shit and we we and and usually it's marked by some event right or 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 something and i made this note to my to myself like or the time period right when it's happening like like i'll certainly remember where i was for 9 11 and and what surrounded those days and i can see that vividly just because of the intensity of the experience but like what i wrote as a note for myself was the time and events surrounding your life do not need to be grand for the relationships in them to be. And so that was one of the big things that I took from this is that, is that yeah, like you're going to live in a time and you're going to live during X, but if that's going to be somebody else's thing. That's actually somebody else's thing that's happening. And you're not actually a part of it at all, really. You might be tangentially, but you're, 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 you're not, you're not that's not yours like what's yours is yours and what's yours is the relationships that you have and that was one of the big things that i pulled from from this was just like like how important that is like that just struck such a chord because it's like we think that we're 
a part of shit that we see, but you're not. Like, Kobe Bryant died yesterday. We're not a part of that at all. His family is experiencing that. We live near Lower Marion. We're not a part of it at all. Like, everybody... You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such fucking bullshit that people think they're a part of things that they're not. You know, like, what you're a part of is, is what you actually... You know, not only have a stake in, but like that you impact and, and, and that fills you up and you are filling up others, you know, like that kind of human interaction is 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 far more grand than than these than these things that like we, we want to associate ourselves with because they like seem to have more meaning than what our day to day actually is. But our day to day is far greater for us. Are you not allowed to feel sad because Kobe Bryant? I didn't know. I wasn't saying that at all. Yeah. You can feel, you can feel sad, but you're Does not that make you part of it in a way. I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't really know why there's any, um, there's any sort of like weight attached to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like I, I get that and I understand like I was really, you know, so for a more, I don't know, pertinent example for myself that I, I could use is is like when Chris Cornell passed away, right? Like that was a huge thing for me because as someone who makes music and makes music to sort of like fight off this thing that's constantly knocking, um, I always looked to him because he seemed to survive through music and that it wouldn't kill him. He would be able to fight it as long as there was music and it didn't. And so that was really terrifying to me when he passed away. And I had a deep connection to it, but I don't know Chris Cornell. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't actually. And and when when I look at life, I really look at like, it really is like yes, we're a part of this global space, and I think we are really one gigantic organism, sort of operating on Gaia theory and whatever else. But as much as I believe that, I also realize that your actual life is local. Your actual life is immediate. And, and what you gain from it and what, what, what is most profound and what is most meaningful is, is, the, is the immediate, is what's closest to it. It's what you impact directly and what impacts you directly. And those, those other things are, are really important, but I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that we should be investing so much of ourselves in those other things. You know what I mean? Like, that that's actually the, the the bigger the bigger thing is like you I think you're losing out on life if you invest yourself so much in things that don't give a shit about you and aren't actually with you at all. And you got it's that a fucking inarticulate way to say that. Yeah. Sorry, you, is that in reference to to the book or just because he's referencing larger events? It's in reference. It's in reference to to the book uh there's like one one quote where it's like he's looking at this picture in cape may and it's this thing where everybody you know it's from like the late 1800s early 1900s something like that and and he looks at the faces and he realizes that they're you know all putting on this 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 front to be a part of this bigger thing right that they that the photograph technology is new and and they know in 122 years, somebody's going to be looking at them. So they're, they're doing this thing mm-hmm. for, for, for those that they'll never see and they'll never know and whatever else like that. And if, if we're talking about, you know, the, the Eastern philosophy of like plant a tree whose shade 
we want to enjoy. I'm totally into that. But this isn't that. This is like vanity, and this is this is sort of like posturing. And and I thought this being in Congress Hall and fucking Kate May makes perfect fucking sense because if there's anything fucking posturing about it, about a place, it's that fucking place and that fucking acme that pretends like it's not the same fucking acme that's on Ridge Avenue, like, give me a fucking break, you're selling Lancaster meats, my friend. It's, it's, it's the same with your, with your fucking, Sounds you know. Like you have a thing against w- Kate May, jeez. With your cedar fucking walls, like, <laughs> get out of my face, Jesus. I, I, I just, you know, no, I don't have a thing about Kate May. I think it's really beautiful and really quaint, but, um, but I think that there is a degree of, 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 of posturing that occurs in these various, in these different places, that being one of them. Um, and so when they were, when they were looking at that, that was where my, my note was, it was like, he's, he's looking at this picture with, with his husband. Right. And he thinks to himself, I am not his great love. And, and I thought to myself, wow, like you get that right away too. That's like page 20 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was the thing is like, is like, wow, you, you, you're married to this dude and, and you're together for like 15 fucking years. Like that's a really long time. And, and, and that exists and 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 just like that we impact one another's lives um just struck me and so that's where that came from i agree with that jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> so there's a line at the very end <clears throat> that I yeah mean, let's bookend it that was that was the one from the very beginning because yeah. you know it's weird that picture shows up like three times yeah he calls he calls back to that picture a bunch of times which I thought was really interesting because it's this, it's it is like just that a bunch of pot picture of lemonade. Yeah. What? Oh, picture. Picture. Pic- that photograph. <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> the door is upstairs. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah, that's twice. That's, yeah, that's twice. Just one on more. One more. We're still in the first part of the cast. He's gonna, oh, he's gonna throw me out of here like a frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I knew the name of a frisbee trick. <laughs> There's tricks under the leg. Is that the trick? I think you just throw it. If you can throw it, that's, like, that's, the, that's trick. the trick. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Over> uh, hips. <laughs> so the end. I'll help you if you can throw it with accuracy, for Christ's sake. Page two sixteen. All right. Um. Ba 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 ba. Who's Keith? That's <laughs> <laughs> not what it is. What is it like to know a single human in time? That is the question that inevitably organizes our listening. I'm just going to keep reading. There's nothing more absorbing than thinking about all these changes over the years. It's not that the progression is linear. It's just that her obsessions, the twin poles of shame and grace, move like a spiral rotating around a core. And I'm going to circle back to that or- original question. What is it like to know a single human in time? And I think that encapsulates yeah, what this whole book is about. And it's a great way to, uh, you know, bounce off of, I know that I'm not this person's great love. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, you know, uh, elevated wisdom must you have? Oh, I know what that's like. I know what that's like. Dude, that was a joke. That was a, that was a, yeah, no, I got that it. That fell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. I'm trying to make fun of Gregorio. And well, I'll tell you what. I'm man. sorry. I wasn't listening. I know. I could see the, <laughs> the glaze. Yeah. Um, well, it's what? something that you do. And, and, and it's interesting that the thing that I was just talking about is like these, these great 
moments don't really define you or, 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 or it's the relationships and stuff like that. Because but to be aware of that. Yeah. And it's, I feel like you, be, you, you, you almost make an effort or perhaps it's just serendipitous that you become aware of these things when you hit like weird age milestones as if time is linear. You know what I mean? Like, but, but when you hit certain milestones, we've just gone through enough shit. Yeah. It, but it, it feels like it hits at like the even, num- you know what I mean? <laughs> like it, like it hits at the, even that's, a, that's a human or, construct or, though. That's yeah. Th- well, this is what I'm saying. I don't think that it's, it's, it, it, there's any th- mystery to it. I, I think we kind of do it to ourselves. We like take stock of things when we hit X, you know, age or whatever. I know, uh, I, I certainly did it at 35 this year and and i i i i know i did it at 30 and i did it at 25 like all the ages that i didn't think i'd be i fucking <laughs> i did it you know what i mean and and that was that was that was really interesting because i felt like in taking that time you learn not only more about yourself but you really do recognize just like what's important which is so fucking cliche to say but like that was that just like this book is filled with. Do you think it's cliches? Yeah, really. I do. Point to one. I can't. Well, I can't. I, I think <laughs> I can't. I think your argument disintegrated. No, no, I wasn't making an <laughs> argument. I was just saying <laughs> a thing. <laughs> That's an argument, though, to say it's full of cliche. That's well, no, it's actually not the point. I, I was it's just trying. To be, I was just trying to be mean. Is what I was trying to do, and I don't want to be mean. Um, no, that's very out of character. Yeah. Um, Ooh, Nick on Mondays. <laughs> yeah, mean guy. Is this, is this what <laughs> you like at the saloon? <laughs> no, at the saloon, I'm 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 drinking heavily. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I I uh, oh man, it's so, it's it's so I don't know, it's 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 wild because when I read this, I I try to take stock of like the themes that are in this. And the themes that are in this are the themes that I think are, are in my life. And I think, well, these are just, these are not cliche per se, but just like, these are the things, right? And so I literally made, I made a list of, of, of themes once I got to like page 150 or something. And it was like the sea, music, friendship, love, pain, loss, family, parents, children, natural disasters. Like, and, and I went on and on. And, and I was like, this is, this is like all of, all of the big shit, but for some reason seeing it through this dude who who I find to be exceptional uh, was was not exceptional it was it was just so relatable and 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 just validating uh, to be a person who's engaged in the life of another person like i think with the density and the length you can't help but like just sort of fit that skin on even though you know he's a shoe size bigger and like six inches taller, like it felt like you could you could fit it on for a little bit and and sort of I don't know. There's just an inherent calm that came over me after a little bit of. You reading guys had this. quite an experience with this book. Well, and and I'm recalling sort of like my my first experience with it, and also this you know rereads now and stuff like that. I really I really did, um, and I, I I will say you know I, I wrote this note to to myself. Uh, Lisicki possesses an honesty and self-awareness that is unnerving, trying to be calm and chill, but knowing it may not be that way. Uh, and and within his body, he makes the difference. So it, there's this there's this slight, you know, sort of like just just tuning dial off of whatever normal is. I think that it's a, a very beautiful meditation 
on the passage of time, friendship, loss, love, uh, relationships. And I think that it is at times profound, but I wouldn't call the book as a, uh, or this, this work as a whole as being profound uh, or offering any type of profundity on those things. Right. Um, I think that's kind of my, where I land. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I, I found there's like this moment where he's bringing in the Salinger stuff. I don't know if you remember that early on. And, and this was my sort of like big takeaway that ended up being valid at the end of the read too. Was, um, the Salinger stuff speaks to the stuff of art. Lissicky's work has Salinger's DNA, which is made of Hesiod's, who's come from the muses, who taught him how to tell lies like the truth, which is to say, create art. And now I am a part of that lineage, as are you, dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> and the great parade carries on. And that's what that's that was my my big takeaway is like I really felt uh, a part of something, another pe- person's life, which makes it beautiful yeah you're definitely invited in yeah yeah Absolutely. uh do you have a do you have a final thought nick or i didn't get my invitation <laughs> i got an invitation <laughs> <laughs> no i i like i said it was uh it's it's objectively sound i could not enter into what was trying to be done and after hearing you guys speak i feel like i'm a fucking idiot for that but apparently um yeah, I just, it's not, it was not for me at that particular time. Did it make you feel like you could uh, write your own memoir? No, it made me feel the opposite. It actually made me want to never do it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that as, <laughs> as like, exactly I, how it entailed I, I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. You, you writing uh, anything good right now? <laughs> no. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fantastic. More room for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I meant, but it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about a Monday. Well, no, I, I think what I, what I meant is that if you don't absolutely feel like you need to write a memoir, then don't fucking write it. Right, you're right. You're I think right that's, there. Right. that's, that's why sure. I said good. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. th- I mean, <laughs> every time I sit down and try and write a true story or, or like a... Creative nonfiction, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I'm like, CNF. yeah, nah. I'm good. I'll just yeah, make too some many shit people up. are posing and making up fucking lies. Oh, about, you think so? About how cool they were when they were whatever. Damn. Well, isn't that the thing? Isn't that like the genre? I mean, you're trying to make a thing that's accessible, and yeah. uh, but you, and, you, you know, it's you know a great, uh, 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 just sort of like anecdote to that, or antidote to that, rather, is um. The 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 woman who like basically like took all the '90s rock stars for a ride, thinking that this JT Leroy was a real person. It was really like a 30 year old woman, but she was writing about being a male prostitute at age like 15. And JT Leroy was the male prostitute, and Jeez. and she dressed up her uh, uh, sister in law as JT Leroy, who was a girl, but dressed <laughs> up as this. As a, do you know what I'm fucking talking about? No, not at I all. She's an incredibly very, fam- She's an incredibly famous author, right? No, and it was the biggest ruse of the '90s, right? She wrote this this book about uh, that was a memoir, right? About J. 
and it was JT Leroy writing about writing as JT Leroy, and it was this thing about you know uh, the mother was uh, uh, prostituting her son who was you know a young kid uh, in these like uh, uh, you know b- b- truck stops, and and that was and it was this it was a phenomenally written book it was great and and then it, it got so popular Billy Corgan becomes friend and so the woman who's actually the author is like the manager of JT Leroy and JT Leroy doesn't say anything and JT Leroy is just this like character but they get so fucking famous that it eventually comes out and like dude fucking Johnny Depp uh what's her name um Winona Ryder uh Courtney Love is is taken like all of these guys are are like become best friends with her and interestingly the author the real JT Leroy, Leroy uh, just wants to be a rock star and she's in like a shitty band with her, her boyfriend, whose sister is the dressed up JT Leroy. How do you not know this? Never heard of it in my life. Not once. Really? It yeah, sounds no. familiar when you say it, but right? I might yeah. just be lying to myself. Wow, that Maybe. sounds like just the oh, dude, meanest it's so thing anybody ever's done. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. Well, I mean, it was the way that she she thought she would be public. You know, I mean, that that, that she could do it is to, is to really take on this persona. She also suffered from mental illness, so there was some, like, sort mm. of, like, uh, a few things where oh. it was difficult to discern her reality versus, like, what she had inhabited there a little bit. Yikes. But, um... Speaking of mental illness... Yeah? Is that a good segue for, uh... Oh, for Elliot Smith? Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> In the end... Paul Siggy is, a, I think, a fantastic writer, and this is a, a beautiful memoir and a life you can, you can inhabit for a little bit, um, which is wonderful. I would also posit that you don't have to read the whole thing. Oh, yeah? I bet. Do we think? I actually didn't look. I should have looked it up if pieces were published elsewhere, like if you could just get yeah, up sure. through the vignettes and whatnot. You know? But I bet you could just pick this up and thumb through, and since it's so nonlinear, right. you just flip through and make your way through and i think you're gonna get uh the things that you'd get if you read the whole thing i mean thing. in the first fucking 30 pages you get the 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 sort of like friendship with denise and the death of denise like you know what i mean yeah. like um you know and there's a lot that happens beyond that but absolutely i agree what's the, what's that um cliche it's all about the dash or when people talk about like your tombstones what I don't know what it's you're like talking about. Because you're born and then you're dead, but like the stuff that matters is the the dash. Is the dash. Oh, I've heard those, that like, before. Shortcut. That's to my thinking. JT Leroy. I haven't heard that. Yeah, no one shit. of those shortcut to thinking uh, platitudes. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, we can cut that. <laughs> garbage things. All right, uh, we are going to talk about Elliot Smith's self-titled album, Elliot Smith. All right, let's. Let's talk about Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith. Oh my God! That is <laughs> two L's and two T's, my friends. Uh, this is, oh man, one of my favorite artists of all time. This is a Nick cast for sure. Picked Paul. Picked good old Elliot. Um, the connection I see between them is is just the sheer honesty um, that comes through their art. And so Elliot Smith is um, typically known for his um, his songs from uh, either or that are on or rather XO that are on uh, the uh, Goodwill Hunting soundtrack and his performance at the Grammys, of course, exploded him out. But what is I think really interesting is that this is a dude who who really 
does not like the limelight, doesn't do this stuff in a Bob Dylan type way where he's just, you know, trying to satisfy his ego. This is like very therapeutic for him, I think. Um, and a lot of interviews would support that. And so it's one of those where the the pain and the honesty and the sort of like beauty of his voice um, is the thing that I think links these two artists uh, pretty, pretty clearly. So um, we're going to be looking at Elliot Smith self-titled album. This comes after his work with Heat Miser, uh, which was more of like a rock band. Of course, this is during the early 90s grunge era. Um, there's like this interesting just like I always say have you guys listened to like Mike City Sons or the the early Heat Miser stuff no. um, so it's really interesting when you listen to it because it, it you can tell it's coming out of that era but it's got this sort of like cleanness about it that shows up in like 97 so so where everybody was going for like just fucking as distorted as possible and like really whatever like Mike C sounds like a gorgeous album with like really beautiful vocals and like interesting lyrics and 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 the guitars are very clean you know uh and so it's an interesting thing because it still is of that grunge ilk and they're on like Caroline Records and whatnot um but this album comes out on uh Kill Rock Stars which is um uh, if anyone's not familiar like a very very famous record label from that time for putting out really interesting shit i think they put out the first two modest mouse albums um and they're they're doing like a lot of a lot of awesome stuff so he's on uh with heat miser from like 91 that exists till about 96 but he starts like doing these demos as he's a house painter for a while so he's recording in like <coughs> excuse me on like a four track cassette in like a bathroom while he's doing a job and stuff and that's where uh like roman candle comes out of that's like early demos and shit and uh and like it was his 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 like girlfriend convinced him to do that and then uh he like and that just goes to show that he like didn't really want to like put out his stolen stuff like he was really the second to neil gust who was the head of heat miser and that was neil's band and neil was like this very big personality and and Elliot arguably had the better voice um but he just sort of like was second to Neil and then um Elliot Smith uh comes out in 95 and it has like Needle in the Hay on it and St. Ives Heaven and stuff like that and a lot of these start catching on so he starts playing um you know like Maxwell's in New York and whatnot and and this is where like he starts getting more and more popular as a quick background to to Elliot Smith I don't know if you guys were aware, but I thought it was necessary to note. Knew nothing about Elliot Smith. Not a drip. Really? Nothing. Never listened to him either. That is Not wild. A. That is wild. I can say that, like, I could, uh, even though it's all acoustic, I, you hear the 90s grunge influence even in these songs. Oh, yeah. I love um, the profanity. There's a lot of it. It's so great. Um, I, I think. Because it's it's, it's it should be there. Yeah, I you just know, wish it were. I just wish there were like a band. Do you? Yeah. He plays all the instruments. So it, if you listen to the yeah. other albums, there's uh, there'll be more drums and bass and a lot of keys yeah. on, and different things like that. Just wish it, like because he's playing like riffs, right? That are like grunge riffs, and I'm like, man, that'd be so fucking rad with some good distortion really? on. Oh man, wow, that's like so the first track, what with, uh, needle in the hay. Needle in the hay. I was yeah. like, this is almost a Weezer or Pixies riff, just better. 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think markedly better. <laughs> uh, and I was like, I just want this to be crunchy and loud. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Now, I love I mean, I'm, it. I'm not in the, uh, I don't like to be in the camp of like uh, talking about a thing about what I wanted it to be as opposed to what it is. Right. Um, but Cause I it's certainly not those things. No, it is not those things. And I, but I, I guess I was in my head about it. I, I was like, if I had heard this before I heard bright eyes, which is markedly less this right. and more folk. Yep. Um, I would probably like this more. Yep. Um, but bright eyes came into my life first and that was, so I've they've reserved that spot, that yep. one seat so that you like have a, available it was like a missed opportunity. Well, yes, there's yes, a velvet because rope I have a very, and only one guy's in there. <laughs> I have a very, um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of patience for acoustic music. What about beautiful lyrics? Uh, that I can do. How about, uh, restrained, powerful vocals? I heard Connor Oberst. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So that's your that, – because I was going to ask, like, what is your what is your takeaway? I wasn't sure if you guys had – I actually am surprised. I assumed, actually, that you guys had, had heard uh, Ellie Smith before just because, you know, we're of similar age and, and you, like, couldn't not hear, like, Between the Bars and Miss Misery and, like, stuff like that. Uh, I don't think I'd ever on heard The, the only thing like I think I ever knew about him is that he, he died very badly. Yeah, so – uh, dear listener, Did he hang himself. One of the, no. no, I think he stabbed he himself. He stabbed in himself the in the heart twice. Oh, Jesus, how do you S- get the velocity to? So yeah, he. I think the bigger question is how do you get the pain wherewithal to do that twice? Well, a lot of a lot of pain, I would imagine. So like, if you do end up ever listening to his his entire catalog, you see that there's a lot of um, a lot of trauma from childhood and different things like that that start to show themselves. Um, and there's like this really beautiful final album from a basement on a hill that he puts out. Um, my experience with Elliot Smith is I had never listened to him until he died. Um, and my, you know, uh, roommate at the time in college, he, he died like a month into our freshman year of college. Uh, and Tom Bannon was my roommate and, you know, uh, like really, really, really good friend. He, wait, let me, so your roommate died. Ellie Smith died a month into your a month into and a Tom Bannon was his was your roommate. Tom, Tom Bannon well. was my roommate who right. had seen Elliot Smith a number of times. Uh, Tom Bannon's older brother was really into him and brought him to these shows when he was super young. So he had followed his whole career pretty much. Um, and I woke up to this immense, immense weeping, uh, just like sobs. And Tom was it was like four a.m. Tom was like s- staring at his computer, just like I had actually I don't think ever seen a man cry before that and and that just absolutely struck me i remember asking him like what happened and he said his favorite artist died he had stabbed himself in the heart and i was like and i just started listening to him after that um and that was october 21st of 2003 which was literally like the first month or second month that i was in college um and and really when you when it was weird listening to it after that because once that happened and you knew that about him, that there was this immense pain there. And then you listen back. It's like I, I you, you, it's amazing that that he was around for as long as he was, you know, that that was there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, when you listen to this and I'd like to get into the album, of course, um, there's all these hints of it on this album. You know, all these like little sort of like clues to what he's thinking and feeling, um, which which I thought was so 
kind of for that time period everybody was like trying to be fucking something else like they were looking for the new nirvana like they everybody was trying to be tough like it was this big thing at that point to be heavy to be tough and his voice you know he can scream you know he can yell you know he has that capacity and he never engages with it he he's he's so restrained in everything he does like you ever did you try singing it at all while you were listening to it no it's nearly impossible well, it's, I mean, it's very soft and like almost whispery. Yeah, and try it. It's not. Yeah. It's not fucking John Mayer or Billy Eyes. It's, it's oh, not, I would never there's say a that. Lot, that. There's that, so give me some credit here. Well, right, but, but what I'm saying is like when we say whispery and, and restrained, that's yeah. what we that's what we think. But like, you, if you try and and do it, you realize that you have to put so much air in your fucking diaphragm to get close to the note, and it's very. It, I I found that Jesus. to be such a such a such a wild kind of experiment because I, I I don't think that I ever bought because I always thought of him as a really great singer mm. that I ever bothered to like try. And so when I was listening to it, like, you know, we were going to record, I was like, oh, man, this is like impossible. This mm. is so fucking difficult. Um, I want to run through the halls of my high school. I want to <laughs> scream at the top of my lungs. So <laughs> what did um, what do we think going through, you know? This uh, the first time I listened through this, I was kind of dismissive, um, and I think just because there's such a history of music that has come after this, that um, mm-hmm. that I and I think I would still that credits f- him and stuff. Um, I don't know. I think I would still think this thought. I think there was so much music that came after him that does what this album was doing just better, and I don't even not better is not the right word. Uh, more realized, and I had the similar thought that Gregorio had um, maybe by third listen I was like oh I know what I like about this and I know what would make me like it more if Nirvana Unplugged did all of these songs really Beca- hmm. and I was like well that makes sense it was of the era sure um, yeah. I just wanted more uh, they sounded they sounded like like really clean demos they are absolutely that's exactly what they are okay they're they're not this isn't an album album this is on kill rock stars this is like recorded in a bathroom oh okay do you know what i mean like that's why you hear the buzz yeah on christian brothers and stuff that like buzz that, in that guitar yeah there. i mean this is this is play record oh right on and a mic you know what i mean so like that's 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 what really struck me was like he's really thinking and he He's really thinking about what he's making, but he's not thinking that anyone else is ever going to give a shit or yeah. hear it. Like, and 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 there's other people that are telling him, we want to hear it, and we identify. Like the number of tears shed in an Elliot Smith audience is like hmm. immense, you know. And and so I I think that that's that's the thing is like, he's 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 speaking about trauma and 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 he's talking about just like unabashedly dealing with it and coping through heroin and and these different things like the the line that always gets me is like talk it when he's speak because he's from texas so when he's speaking back to his mom in in texas and he's he says that he's getting good marks and he holds out that s so you can't miss it so you can't think that marks is grades like you have to think track marks you know i i just like like it's just such a it's, it's like a 
a fuck you and a cry for help and like all that stuff together. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, it's just so beautiful, you know, that, that he, he puts himself in that place. I, I definitely want to listen to something else from him. That's maybe oh, listen m- to XO. You'll be like, yeah. this is fucking fantastic. The production level or bass my hill. Like, um, the production level is, is through the roof. He plays like there's bass, guitar, overdubs, multiple vocals. Uh, he plays the drum. He plays all the instruments. There's there's uh, uh, you know organ on it and stuff. Like it's it's what you're probably looking for as tar- in terms of like a fully realized. Yeah, I guess so I guess sonically I was underwhelmed, but uh, it took me a little while to get into the songwriting, and I'm willing to accept that maybe I'm not ready for this album just yet. Um, but also, I just maybe need to listen to it a few more times. Um, that last song, The Biggest Lie, was... Yes. That really... I mean, I, I listened to this album probably four, maybe five times. And it was just yesterday when I was listening to it. I was out for a run, just kind of in the zone. And, uh, in the fucking zone, bro. In the bro. fucking zone, bro. Uh, now my knees are in the zone. <laughs> in the pain zone. <laughs> You're there, you go running, and then you forget that you've gone running. And then you walk down a flight of steps like, oh fuck! I <laughs> oh, I did a thing. You're yeah. all wiggly leg. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that the, the the last track, the biggest lie is, um, and I, I and I, f- it's a bunch of lyrics. It's a we're going through a journey, and then the last lyric is, I just told the biggest lie. I just yeah. told the biggest lie, the biggest lie, and and it comes right after the line, and everything you do makes me want to die. Oh, I just told the biggest lie because. You know, the you is what's in question there. Yeah. Which is fucking, it's awesome. You know? Um, but, uh, so it's a good pairing with the, with uh, narrow, the narrow door because most of what we do and what we say to ourselves is a lie. Yeah, there's all these just shades to, of the truth. Just to exist. Like, we lie to, our, to ourselves and each other all the time. Dude, I mean, when I was I was talking to some of my students, we got in this conversation and I was talking about memory and how like every time you remember something, you're remembering the memory and then you're remembering the memory of remembering the memory. So it's a whisper down the lane fucking bag of bullshit. Like you're actually you're you're and you're doing so much invention every time you do that. So like the this idea of 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 truth being some like able to be realized thing or tangible thing is, is such a such a and that's why I said in the beginning, like such a impossible thing to achieve and i feel like art that you know to quote hesiod um going back to the muses like he's invoking the muses at the beginning of theogony and he you know he's 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 uh asking them for their guidance and wisdom and their help and and they go we know how to tell many lies like the truth and because they're gods they go but we also know how to just tell the truth and we i i interpret that as we are as humans these and of course they're making fun of him for being like a sack of flesh before that and we as humans can only the closest we can come is making art because that's the lie that looks like the truth right like that's not bill murray but i'll be damned if it doesn't look like bill murray just pointing at a picture of pointing at a picture of bill murray (laughs) with the word laugh uh, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh (laughs) very good bill murray thanks um, oh, what was the hear that again? I wasn't paying attention. Gunga, Gunga, Gunga. What is so that from? Caddyshack. So uh, never seen it. So I got that going for me, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. That idea of, of, of trying to find truth, and I, I see Paul Sicky doing it in this book, and I see Elliot Smith doing it, like, just painfully. Like, it, it's it's like something he just doesn't want to do. He has to do. His body is moving without his mind in, in control. I'll subscribe to that. Yeah, that's what yeah, it feels I'll like I'll click to me, subscribe. <laughs> so, and then, I can't help it. My, I, I've always got this muscle that just wants to... Uh, be cynical and kind of. Um, I didn't know that about you. I learned something new. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. I was like, it's like ah, so this is the asshole we have to blame for Foo Fighter. For Foo Fighters? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, but then I was like, well, no, they were both writing songs at the same time. This is uh, yeah, definitely. This uh, came out when he put out when Foo Fighters the first one came yeah, out. Yeah, this is subtitles. Yeah. Brilliant. This really is a good. product of of the times that we often forget that the 90s sounded like this. I think, yeah, t- man, that's what I was thinking, too, uh, earlier today, because I was my my students were talking about how, you know, like, like being able to articulate that they're stressed or overwhelmed or they're feeling pain and, and, and these different things. And I was like, if I would have ever said anything like that at their age, I mean, the amount it wasn't worth the amount of shit that you got back. For for even mentioning that you felt weaker or, or or whatever, like it was it was just not, it wasn't a thing that you that you that you did because it wasn't part of the culture yet. You know, we're talking about twenty years have gone by now. That's such a fucking long time, right? When I went to, that's like literally the time I went to high school to when Bonham died. That's the difference, you know, and what it was like when fucking Bonham died to when I went. That's such a gap of time, you know, and that's the. Did you start th- high school in two thousand? Yeah, ninety nine to two thousand. Yeah, that was my freshman year. Good for you. Okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> but like, but that's but that's what I was thinking about. Is like, yeah, th- this is this is the only way this comes out of you. This is the only way it comes out of you without you s- stabbing it out of you with a knife. Yipes! You know, make sure you stab westward. Oh man, great band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that so so that was my big takeaway is, is is just like the this was the way that these that these artists were able to 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 live for however long or for however short they did. And um yeah, I I can't say enough good things about it. I think just the the sheer oh, I, the the restraint of his voice is the biggest thing that always strikes me. And the inventiveness of his playing. Like he's not—he's not your typical player. There was, uh, at times, that kind of Nirvana-y, unplugged, uh, meat puppets, yeah, type of uh, guitar playing, which, uh, and at other times, the playing that borrowed heavily from Zeppelin, right? Like that Zeppelin acoustic kind of riffy. With the pull-offs, yeah, like exactly. over the hills and far away, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was fun from a musical. Excuse me, from a musical point of view. If I was 15, or I was 15 at one point. No shit. If I heard this when I was 15, when it came out, and probably if somebody who I thought was cool liked it or if some chick that I was into liked it, yeah. I, w- I would have learned some of these some of these oh, tracks, and I probably would have been hooked a little bit more. Yeah, so That's what I was trying to articulate earlier. Like if, like if My buddy threw me a Bright Eyes record freshman year of college. If this were it, this yeah. would be a different discussion. 
my buddy uh, shed a whole bunch of tears, and I was like, I'm gonna have to listen to all this. If uh, he didn't do that, yeah, I probably, I probably would have still listened to it because he listened to it all the time. And, and you would just, have had no choice. It would have been, yeah, it would have <laughs> been. Tom Bannon's a hell of a guy. So <laughs> yeah, like, why wouldn't you want to do that? At a certain point, I would have just been like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give in. And I'm gonna <laughs> engage. Um, engage. Yeah. Engage. Absolutely. Ooh, when's that start? Last Thursday. Noise. Is it good? Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Did you subscribe or did you download? Oh, I subscribed since a Discovery came out. Download. Huh? I don't know. I said illegal download. No, I don't do that. You can't just fucking steal. Illegal <laughs> downloads. <laughs> My, uh, I'm a head out. <laughs> I'm, uh, I gotta get Alan out of here. <laughs> uh, final thought I think this is, um, this is, this is sort of a time capsule and it really, capsule. I, I think it, capsule. I think it, um, I think it's necessary, especially now to, to, it was a, remi- a great reminder for me to just show how far we've come and the things that I will openly say and, and, and be open about that 20 years ago would never have seen the light of day yeah. um and so this is that's this an excellent is progress point. yeah that's an excellent point i haven't hadn't even thought of that so yeah so today is mozart's birthday <laughs> and uh that's what i got for elliot smith okay i don't know if that's a comparison if that's what i don't know what the fuck that was daniel you, <laughs> you do with that what you will hey we need this you take away what you want to take away you know what i'm saying no i they're, I mean, they're innovators for sure. Elliot Smith gets ripped off. Oh my God! I, I said what so I said earlier, much. and I—that's—I don't know what more to add. All I think right. it's good. If uh, I, I would have enjoyed it more if I was younger and it was fresh. But you can say that about anything. You can't. You know, this was a new a new uh, perspective on something. Yeah, man. Twenty five years next. ago, play the first Foo Fighters and play this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just juxtapose those. Jesus. So, I need to shift my uh, perspective and kind of stuff to do that after. It is, you know, because you think like to your earlier point. I'm so fucking wise. I've been around for so fucking long, but then this thing that was around you the whole time that you never saw, you missed. You missed, right? It's like that fucking fish game with the magnets, man. You just missed it. You got the green one instead of the yellow. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> Is it time for some Maltese? It's time for got... some old E. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, it's that time, a time I thought we may never see. Uh, but I'm super excited for it. This is malt liquor time, baby. <laughs> so much of so many people's childhoods. Revolved around this. I mean, we're talking about like back in the back in the day. Not Daniels, obviously. Well, because he was far too he wasn't for that, a scumbag, which is hilarious. Because who scumbag? I, you I, told us that. You told us that. You said, you said I wasn't I'm not a, a scumbag. scumbag. That was like an hour and a half ago. Oh god. I mean, you're not wrong. So uh, I'm sure going to read some Saint Ives Heaven lyrics to in- introduce this. Please yeah, make sure that you open that over your laptop. Right, yeah, so I can read a third. Here, let me hold it. Let me hold it for hold you. Hold on, I got to read it. I'm not going to open it while I'm reading. Yeah, so I'll just uh, just a little bit to, to give some nice mm. background on why I picked it. St. <laughs> Ides Heaven is a song on this album, and it starts, Everything is exactly right when I walk around here drunk every night with an open container from 7-Eleven in St. Ides Heaven. Cheers, gentlemen. <laughs> Let's do it. Um. So mine, as I said earlier, was 
Well, that's not Mickey's. So bad. I would do all the from time to time. It's a little bit smoother. St. Ides is made by Paps, by the way. So we're aware. Uh, it, it is made by Paps Brewery. Um, and St. Ides is, uh, you know, now made by 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 Paps. Um, it's 8.2% alcohol. Uh, it's one of the highest alcohol malt liquors there is, which what, is... St. Ides? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, 8.2, that's that's up there. What's all day? Um, I don't know, actually. We should look into it. Uh and it only was, you know, started being sold. And I think the reason why Elliot Smith was, was, you know, singing about it and drinking so much, it started in 87. It was like a few years old. All these are from like fucking the 60s and 70s. The other These cans makers. are exactly from the 60s and 70s. I mean, they, have they changed? Uh, probably Tell me not. different. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I mean, there's another, a, a number of St. Ives special brews where they're like different flavors and stuff. We're drinking oldie. There's not a huge difference. Uh, malt liquor, for the most part, is malt liquor. The biggest thing is there's like a ton of like rap artists that uh, that like were promoting St. Ides too, like in their videos and whatnot. Like you always show up, you know, because 40s were fucking everywhere. Um, but uh, but then you got Elliot Smith like juxtaposed to that, which I thought was hilarious when I was like like figuring out what to pick you know, i was like that's that's pretty fucking funny in terms of music um and it's and it's role there but apparently th- it is 5.9 abv and there's a variant that is 7.5 the old day yeah yeah oldie absolutely ice so no it's oldie isn't it oldie it's a different number maybe oldie 800 that's what this that's is that's what this is oh yeah i don't know but on uh on beer advocate it has a score of 50 which is awful <laughs> it literally says awful on it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. The uh, people that drink oldie aren't using beer advocate, right? So <laughs> that rating could. I was going to read some of the reviews, but I'll refrain. Well, read, let's read read one. Come on. Okay. We're here to entertain. All right. While you look, no one listens to this part of the right cast now. anyway. So yeah. I got it right now. Uh, it's not the worst I've ever had. Enjoyed mostly from a can as seems appropriate. Sickening pale yellow, nose of grass, raw flour, a touch of malt. Not the worst in existence. I mean, it's interesting. Like the the only difference between malt liquor and beer is that they like use like inexpensive ingredients like corn and rice and and dextrose and shit like that instead of like your typical malts and barleys and, and, and whatnot. Like that's the, the difference. It's just higher alcohol content, shittier ingredients. And that's, that's malt liquor in a nutshell, you know? And that's why you can get like when I, uh, was buying, um, them, the, the forties used to have the price on the label and, and oldie was a buck 25 for a 40. And, uh, <laughs> and Mickey's was, uh, was two bucks, and that's why I was always like a Mickey's man. But I th- I do think it tastes better. I found the review. You ready? Yes. This is from I Eat Crayons on June 27th, 2018. If you're on Beer Advocate looking at the score for OE, <laughs> you deserve to be lied to. Five out of five. <laughs> It'll get you drunk enough to write reviews about for under three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Nailed it. Nailed oh it. Oh my god! I mean, it's so uh, it's kind of fucked up that like, it's it's not 
it's not as bad as I remember it. Cause you know, remember when you were like new and you had all your taste buds still, you know, <laughs> you were like just, you were just starting to drink like to life or beer to beer. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're like, I don't know. I think I no started I, drinking like definitely way too early and I killed my buds far too early, you know, but, um, insert an age here for you listener. And I remember drinking malt liquor for the first time and being like, what's the difference between this and scotch? Because this is <laughs> fucking fucked. This is the worst fucking thing ever. And, I, and, I, and then I remember going to college and like that was all you could drink. And for anyone that doesn't know or doesn't hasn't ever had this experience, a 40 is like a torpedo that you need two hands to hold but it goes to a regular sized <laughs> cap. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that yes. was the other reason why I liked Mickey's because the, 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 the grenades were a wide mouth. And you could <laughs> you could just you could kill a grenade in seconds, it felt like. Oh, that's funny. You know? Um This is far better than I remember it. Yes, being. it's weird it's strange. Like I'm like drinking, I'm like I'm feeling this isn't so bad. I think I'm gonna pay for it. I don't I know if I want to drink happen. the whole can because I'm afraid of what it's gonna do to my intestines. I'm not worried about that. I think that like I'm going to be super hammered in like <laughs> five minutes. You know what I mean? Like I that's the that's the sense that I get is that this is going to hit me. I'm going to tell one uh, of my favorite malt liquor stories, and then we can end it, or if you want to join him, you certainly can as well, gentlemen. Um, my brother and I uh, used to drink malt liquor because it was um, cheap, and we would get home real late from shows, and there was like one place that was open selling takeout. And so he and his buddies had started drinking Hurricanes, and he was like really interested in Hurricanes, and I was like, all right, we can get a hurricane because I was usually getting Mickey's. Let's get a hurricane. And so he was standing in the basement and we were like sort of celebrating. I think we had just recorded or played a really good show or something. And we were in the basement playing pool at our parents' house. And it still had like a lot of our kids' toys and whatnot in there. I mean, he was younger. <laughs> and, uh, and so we're sitting there and he stands up and, and we're playing. And he's like, listen to some music and he turns to me and he goes you know why do they call it and like before he could finish his sentence which was inevitably going to be a hurricane he was blown over as if a a a, a, a squall had come <laughs> through the basement and, and and had and spun and hit the like little people chalkboard that was set up <laughs> and and fell into it and and was a mess on the floor and like this contorted sort of like position and i went over and i i saw him just like realize what he was gonna say and then what had happened was the answer <laughs> and i lost it man i don't think i've laughed that hard Maybe ever again. That's fabulous. That was that was so funny. Like, why do they call it a hurricane? As he gets blown over, as if an invisible hurricane had come through. <laughs> Doth the basement. blow through <laughs> <laughs> these dirty winds? <laughs> yeah, man. All of my malt liquor stories ended up badly. Yeah, yeah I've got nothing to add. Vomiting. Yeah, like people would play yeah. like Edward Forty hands and like uh, duct tape forties to their. We hands would and um, shit. we would drink hurricane. 40s to the top of the label and fill them with orange juice 
Oh, that was that's called a pretty a interesting brass monkey. Uh, and a funky monkey. <clears throat> uh, when we did that, mostly because you're like, it tastes like garbage. No, you couldn't taste the malt liquor. You could just taste. Well, the that's what I'm saying. Stuff. It wouldn't so you would be taste like, like garbage anymore. You would, and you would drink it super fast. You're like, this tastes like juice. Right. You've had like two and a half forties. So you made your own Mad Dog. Oh yeah, and you were in the toilet after that. Just face first. Ah, uh, brutality. Awful. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I I don't know. I have like a a goat stomach, so I I did, I, never, I can remember <laughs> on like one hand like the number of times I got sick. You know, from like drinking you're a monkey that. man. You're yeah, monkey yeah. Man. I would just spin for hours usually. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Oh, it was wor- it was way worse. I I wanted to. I couldn't. You know, it was one of those things. Um, but yeah, at uh where I first went to school, you could show your college ID and get a discount. Though I was nineteen, they didn't look for your actual ID. They just wanted a school ID, and then when I saw you from school, you had a discount. And all they sold was was forties at the stop and shop across from uh, Hofstra University. Mm. So it was just a forty palooza. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all in all, I, uh, I I I really enjoyed this, what this a trip down memory lane. Trip down memory lane with you, gentlemen. It was I, a hell of a time. I uh, yeah. I I hope we can not forget these these types of of things. And not forget, more importantly, that there's a lot going on all the time. And if you keep moving forward, you'll fucking, you'll never go back. You know, if you get too in your own circle and, and little little bubbles, like, I feel like every once in a while, you, you got to drink a 40 to remind yourself you're human, you know? Like, you're not the dude who only drinks craft beer. You're not. No, and I'll, I'll tell not. you what, I'll remember drinking 40s on a monday night not 40s. i was just Old looking age. at you i was saying that to dear listener and everybody no you know even I mean? still i was just Nobody saying is. i was just gonna say I, I i will remember drinking old english on a monday there you go as a dean as a dean <laughs> yes <laughs> dean english <laughs> right. you are a dean i am a dean all right i give the book um five out of six bon jovi who says that you can't go backs. Nice. Is that the name of the song? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> I give the album. Oh, who says you can't go home is the name of the song. The Sookie's from Jersey, too. Oh, listen, I knew that. That's why I uh, <laughs> picked Bon Jovi. I give the album. Uh, also, five out of six. Who says you can't go homes? <laughs> <laughs> The that beer. song is the worst. <laughs> the beer. Listen, it's a good title. Yeah, it's I mean, like song. it's a fitting title. Fitting title. Yeah, yeah. And the beer I give a, uh, a zero out of five. Who says you can't go home? Because the only reason that you would drink old English is because you can't go home. Because if you could go home, you would wow. stop drinking and you would just go home. Good job. <laughs> good job. I really like that. To counter, though, I would say that. If you do drink enough, you, you will definitely have to go home. You won't be able shit, to you, make you it shit home. Your pants. You yeah. might be no. in a home at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you are is now your home. <laughs> I was just going to stay right here. Don't <laughs> worry about it. I would echo that is a urinal, sir. Both of your uh, both of your ratings for the book and the album. Um. Just just knowing where Elliot Smith does go, it's tough for me not to like 
want to listen to either or or XO or whatever. Um, so I agree with that. But the beer, I'm going to give a solid um, uh, 2.5. Out of six, who says you can't go homes? Correct. By Bon Jovi. Correct. I'm going to give the book a two <laughs> out of six. Who says you can't go homes? I'm going to give the album a 3.5 out of six. Who says you can't go homes? And I'm going to give old E. We're going to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to cut after like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I remember that. I'm going to give that song <laughs> zero like out news. of six. Who says you can't <laughs> go home? That was like the news intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. And I'm going to give old E uh, a six out of six. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> oh, no. Why not? <laughs> oh, man. Because you just, that'd be so funny if there were people that like never drank malt liquor before and like we're like i got i'm gonna try it i got i'm gonna try and it. give it a whirl and then the weird things that happened to them after give they did a, i mm-hmm. get the feeling something weird fainter a whirl mostly the poops <laughs> <laughs> all right let's all bring this home boys right well don't you have a book coming out i do i do yes uh i have my third book coming out it is a <laughs> Oh, he didn't need this. A split. <laughs> third book. A split never, never mind. Short story poetry <laughs> collection with a local poet named Francis Delario, who was on the show not long ago. Good old Fran. Um, it is coming out in May. The release date, the launch date is May 29th at Arcadia University. So if you're in town, come on out. What's the date? It will be May 29th. May 29th. Uh, the book is called With a Difference. It's from Trident Press. And um, we got Addie Russell to do the artwork. So fuck yeah fuck i shouldn't yeah. have said that but she did all those death cab for cutie records back in the day well, oh, is, nice. is that is that yeah. privileged information yeah probably whatever <laughs> anyway uh it's probably still is <laughs> <laughs> if a podcast is recorded <laughs> in the woods <laughs> um so thank you for listening right absolutely um make sure you check back As with always. us next month for episode five of season four we were going to be talking about the graphic novel of beowulf by santiago garcia and david rubin Lots we're going to be doing yeah there sure are we're going to be talking <laughs> about gygax's high fantasy and oh, we're going to be drinking yeah. toppling goliath's light speed ipa no we're not that's not it we're going to be talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's the old e it's the old e <laughs> it's done its work <laughs> we're going to be talking done. about the alchemist's Luscious. <laughs> we were just talking about that. I too. know. <laughs> you said it moments before. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please check us out on social media at facebook.com slash book record beer podcast on Twitter at book record beer and on Instagram at book dot record dot beer. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next month. You can always who says you can't go back. Not sad. <laughs> <laughs>